matches. We're going to move right along now and uh, we're going to talk rugby. We're going to talk about um, the sanctions that have imposed have been imposed on the director of rugby in South Africa, Rasia Rasmus. And we are joined on the line from Sport24 by uh, Kanyiso Chwako. Good evening, Kanyiso. Thank you for joining us here on SAFM. Good evening, Tabito. Good evening to the listeners. Firstly, are you surprised by the decision to ban Rasi and the kind of punishment that is received? No, it's the timing of the decision. I think that's the one thing that's got people talking. Um, could they have waited until the end of the England game? Um, one could have thought so. It does. I mean, look, I mean, players do get sanctioned before matches. Um, but I mean, look, if you look at the, the, the kind of case that was, uh, that, that was, uh, that was against Rasi, it was pretty much unprecedented, I mean. Um, one we have one has to look back at Eddie Jones in 2007, um, Clive Wood in 2005, um, where, uh, where a match official um, gets hold over the calls by a referee in the manner that um, Rassi hold um, Nick Berry over the calls. The calls. So look, it was it wasn't surprising. Um, I mean, the two months ban means that from from coaching means that effectively Rassi doesn't miss out on much um, coaching action as a director of rugby. But I think. The one part I think they may have um, um, they may have punished him um, significantly is with regards to the touchline ban um, up until that that will go on up until September 2022. I think that one um, will encompass a lot of rugby that the Springboks will miss out on that being um, inbound to and the rugby championship. So look, it's um, they've said it's in the corner. It's a reasonably harsh sanction. But I think one that should have been expected considering um, how that particular uh, Rassi, Rassi Gate episode played out. Yes. Why was he charged, Kanye? So we know that there was a video, maybe for those who have not been following. Firstly, what was the, that video about? Well, the video was shot, um, it, it, it flighted in the week leading up to the second uh, British and Irish Lions test where Rassi explained um, how um, the Australian referee Nick Berry um, got a number of, 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 of calls wrong and also how he failed to communicate effectively um, with Sia Konisi. Um, he explained that he was not able to get feedback in time um, from World Reform, from World Rugby Head of Referees Joe Juge and Nick Berry with regards to how they needed to prepare for the second test. So he took to that, um, well, the video was leaked on, on the platform and then, look, I mean, it, it, um, a, lot of, a lot of coaches um, a lot of the rugby fraternity found it distasteful, but I think a, a, a formal opinion amongst uh, coaches, quietly at that, is that referees can and will make career-changing, career-ending decisions, and the least they can say sorry. Well, I thought that well, a lot of people felt it. South Africans felt that rather put the cart before the horse by actually, um, and I don't use the word embarrassed, but by putting, uh, by, by by putting um, this thing. Um, Nick Berry into the sun and saying that look, these are the things that you made. When I asked you to account for them, you took your time. I needed to, we needed to prepare a team for the second test, and you are not getting back to us. I mean, you cause which we find to be very unfair. Do you do you get the sense that he was punished for the contents of the video, and uh, and also he was punished for the fact that the video was made public? Yes, I think it's both. Um, they 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 do say that there are channels in which. Um, where match officials and um, and coaches um, can communicate in re- with regards to the disputing of decisions. However, though, if you're a coach and on the back of a landmark series like the British and Irish Lions, you've lost the first test at home and you're not getting the kind of feedback that you are looking for um, from the match official, you are bound to panic. I mean, look at the world thought through. Um, nothing incendiary was said about Nick Berry. It highlighted, it's similar, it's similar to what um, Ace Mobile did at Suffer House today, where it did not zoom into 
the person of the Mr. of a match official has looked at the errors made by the match official and that was made public. And I mean, at the end of the day, rugby is a sport that's played globally. It is a sport that, especially with its officiating, is highly contentious. The least the public can get is an explanation of how decisions are taken. So, I mean, if you look at Bryce Lawrence, Bryce Lawrence, until this day, has never explained why he rest the game that the South Africa-Australia quarterfinal um, back into the never in the manner in which he did. I mean, look, that, uh, that particular result um, heralded the end of uh, Peter De Villiers' career um, as, uh, as Springbok coach. Whereas now, Bryce Lawrence now is the head of rappers, the head of the for New Zealand rugby. So that's two different career, career tra- tra- trajectories um, that, were, that, that were born from that particular fixture. So if you're a coach and you realize that there's a lot at stake, the least you want, you would want for match official is, them, is for them, buy at least Monday morning to give you feedback so that you can prepare the team accordingly for the following game. Okay, but while rugby doesn't agree, I mean, I, I read their findings and they've, they've described it as especially serious, egregious example of offending of this kind. It involves premeditated, premeditated multiple abuse and insulting comments and attacks on the integrity of the officials. Is it that deep? Well, how do you call it integrity when, if you go back and watch that particular match, you, it becomes clear. When you, when you watch that Russell video and you watch that particular game, it becomes clear that the officiating was biased and it was biased towards the British and Irish Lions. Already, that's the integrity of the game going down the drain where a match official is incapable of wrapping a game correctly. Yes, match officials are put at the stake, um, unfairly so, um, because of World Rugby tinkering with laws every other Tuesday. But the, 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 the thing is, before you look at a match, uh, 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 an employee of a particular federation complaining about incidents that can and will affect their livelihood, the governing body chooses not to fix the standing problem. That is, one, its rules, two, its officiating, but then choose to kick the can down the, the bucket, the, the, the can down the road and attack the person who's actually complaining about the victim. So, I mean, it, 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 it's ready to face from world rugby. And I mean, look, if it was another coach who was actually on this, on this particular, on that particular people that Rassi is on at the moment and being put under the fire, you'd actually sit and watch and ask the question, is world rugby being fair by burning a coach and not actually sorting out the problem that is match officiating? Because, I mean, if you look at South, Africa, South Africa's game against Scotland, for example, I mean, some of the officiating in that particular game was downright horrendous. It needed the spin box to play to a point where the referee that needed to actually blow the course correctly because the box was dominant in the game. Whereas you realize that if that was a tight game, especially what it was in the first half, if there was parity in the forwards, I mean, that game could have gone other way based on officiating. But one started to realize that because the box was so good, they put the referee, they, 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 they effectively neutralized um, the match official. But that's not going to happen every game. Do you now have to be playing at 150%? Just to ensure that the calls are going your way, whereas um, at some point you just need a referee to call the game down the middle and apply the particular laws at a particular time to ensure that matches are called correctly. Because that is what, what that is what friends on the see. Some will say that if a referee pedantic and calls them a penalty, no, the game is not exciting. Are you looking for an exciting game, or are you looking for a game that is called correctly? I think even as, as rugby followers, as rugby fans, I think that's a question we need to ask ourselves, and that's one that rugby needs to ask themselves. 
But is the interpretation of the laws of the game, Kanyiso, not causing then this confusion? Because I remember when uh, the SA teams uh, started in the URC, all the coaches were complaining about um, about the interpretation of the laws of the game, how it's refereed that side and how it's refereed here. The Bulls, uh, if I remember correctly, even had to rope in Tape Henning to uh, help them understand uh, uh, the interpretation of the laws of the game. And that's the problematic word, interpretation. The reason why football remains such a simple and a well-followed sport around the world is that the rules are there. They are not interpreted. They are applied. The problem with rugby, there are so many rules and there are so many ways in which they interpret it. You find that now, it becomes, just interpreting the right becomes a gray area. Um, I remember one red who, who, who actually said that at a particular breakdown, and a particular scrum, there's always a penalty. You have to make two, three, four decisions at a particular breakdown, at a particular point in the at a, at a particular set piece, at a particular breakdown. But a decision needs to be made. But do you make that decision? Do you look at how the game is flowing? So, I mean, look, I mean, rugby is a very technical game. But also, you look at the, the, the interpreting of if a player is going off their feet. You can't interpret that as not a penalty. It is a penalty. If a player is coming in from their side, it's a rack infringement. It's a penalty. You can't interpret that for another team when the Bulls play. And I remember this particular game we're talking about. I think it was the Edinburgh game where the ref refused, I think it was Ben Whitehouse, if I'm not mistaken, refused to blow a penalty against Edinburgh for infringing at the rack. Yet every time the Bulls got into the rack, were attempting a turnover, he blew a penalty. So is it now interpretation or bias? So that is uh, one of the key questions that um, match officials, I mean, in, in that particular press conference, Jake was asked, um, how are you going to deal with this particular uh, set of interpretation when the URC starts here, which starts next week? Jake said, well, they don't even know who the referees are. Let's start right there. But hopefully um, the game will be done correctly. And I think that's what now is becoming exasperating. I think um, an, an associate of mine actually then actually is markedly said that one of the reasons why the Celtic nation, barring England, will always struggle at a World Cup is that they'll play a bulk of their rugby according to certain interpretations. But when they now get to the World Cup, rest now there is a far bigger onus on them to apply the letter of the law instead of interpreting um, the rules from one situation to another. And when they play teams who don't play according to their style of rugby, it then becomes a bit of a different issue for them. Okay. Well, as a rugby says, it will appeal. It sounds like you think that they've got a case. Um, but what does it mean for Saturday then? Look, um, if there's an appeal, um, I generally, from South African juridical status, I mean, a person is not a person is allowed to walk free until the appeal is heard. I'm not sure how this particular matter is going to work. So I think that one is going to be very interesting to see um, how to pan out on Saturday. I think that's the only way I can explain that one. Okay, can you? So let's leave it there. You are a true South African, proudly uh, South African there. But at least you've got the facts, <laughs> the facts to pick up <laughs> to to pick up your statements and your comments, and we appreciate that. Thank you very much for speaking to us about this matter here. No, no problem. Thank Finally, you. before you go, can you? So yes or no? Yeah. Should Rasi have put that video out publicly? Um, look, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. It's a very tough one. I mean, I I think you should have considering. Um, when you look back at how the game panned out, and you look at how he said he did not get feedback, sometimes you have to poke the bit, which he did. And he's paying the price now 
But as history will remember, even if it's suspended or not allowed to coach again, history will remember that the Springboks won the British and Irish Lions series in 2021, 2-1. And in 30 years' time, that generation isn't going to remember what Mikey did, but they'll remember the result. And it's the result that echoes into eternity. Is it true that those South Africans that are in England for this match on Saturday will be wearing Rasia Rasmus face masks? It, 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 it wouldn't be a surprise. I mean, those particular stadiums can be invaded by Jarvo. Every second Saturday, anything and everything is possible. <laughs> okay, let's leave it there, Kajisa. Thanks for speaking to us. Thank you. It's actually going around on social media that they're making face masks there. You know, there's so many South Africans in England. So those ones that have tickets to go to Twickenham will be wearing those face masks of Erasmus. I like to see how that will go on Saturday. Okay, let's take a break and we're going to speak to Coach Kevin Johnson next.